This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Ready, Jim? I'm ready. You just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, money grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the genie of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up, Fantasy Football Hustler, back at you. And oh yeah, we got some more Scott Fishbowl action going down. Before I bring on my special guest here, I got to remind everybody, if you are not watching on YouTube right now, make sure you shoot over to YouTube, Fantasy Football Hustler. Go check me out. Go subscribe. The chat is way more lit than Twitter, than Twitch, than uh, Facebook. So go ahead and hop on over there. And then don't forget... If you are trying to get into a Hustler League, you want to get in right now. The last Dynasty League is forming, and we're going to get into best ball. We're going to get into redraft, all types of custom leagues. So go get signed up, patreon.com slash ffhustler420. All right, guys, let's bring him out here. Recurring guest on the show, my man Taco, and he's representing the Daily Sporting In, in, in hustler fashion, what up, what up, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> you already know it's going down, Taco. What's popping, bro? I'm excited to talk a little bit about, about the fishbowl because I mean, I'm liking my draft so far. And as we know, you know, we all like our own Kool-Aid to start the season. It's all about how the season ends. So it's gonna get interesting, but um, I'm excited to talk about it and kind of go through our thought process so far. Can't oh, give yeah. too many spoilers because I know Raj going to peep the chat. He's going to snipe me. I picked <laughs> him a couple of times early. I was lucky. You know what I mean? But uh, I won't give all the jewels out. But I'll give a little bit. I'll teach you a little bit. We're just going to recap. You know, we don't have to talk yeah. about future picks because uh, there might be. I just feel like I was watching the Potathon and, you know, whoever's talking yep. on there. It's like, you know, got some league mates who are watching. So, yeah, we don't have to give out any secrets. But what up, Raj? What's going down, bro? Dante up in the building. What up, bro? And Wink and Weeds 420. What up? What up? Yo. Don't hate my brother. Don't hate my brother. I'm about to show you some skills, bro. And guess what? The money rounds are about to start happening. So I'm about to come out here like Mayweather. Like, oh, y'all thought the first rounds was something. This one about to make my money, son. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, God. since Rob's already brought it up, why don't we talk about uh, your squad? Why don't you go ahead and uh, just read off your team so far? Sure. So with my first pick, I went Lamar Jackson because at that point in time, Kyler Murray had gone off the board. Mahomes had gone off the board. Allen had gone off the board. And like I talked about with you during the these um, mock drafts, I was scared not to have those two QBs early because I was like, this scared. This dries up Kurt quick. I believe in my late round drafting. I believe in, in, you know, those late running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. And one of the players that I skipped over to take Lamar Jackson was Travis Kelsey. He was sitting right there for me. You know, it's a tight end premium league. You're looking at the number one tight end on the board. But I skipped it up because Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, offers probably the high one of the highest upsides in this whole league because not only does he get you the passing and he's a, you know performing at at least 64 to 67% accuracy, he was 67% during his um, Super Bowl, uh, not Super Bowl, but MVP season and 64 roughly last season. But on top of that, he offers you a safe rushing floor. So at the very minimum, he's like a 400-point guy. So I felt confident going with him with my first pick. Uh, with my next pick, I took um, Tannehill. Okay, and I, I had been very high on Tannehill because let's face it, he's been an underrated, I feel like, quarterback by most people. Um, but at that point in time, Aaron Rodgers had gone off the board, Saquon Barkley had gone off the board. I was looking at a lot of the other like uh, guys that I might have thinking about taking about, but they they weren't really there. Like Russell Wilson was there. Um, gone early, I would have taken him, but to me, Tannehill was that last guy. Hurts offers a lot of upside, but a lot of risk, and I didn't want to take it at that second quarterback because, like you know, the fishbowl is built for good quarterbacks. Like, they outscore everyone else. So I wanted to make sure I at least had a positional advantage at quarterback versus everyone. So I think that, in at least in this league, my QB2 competes with some QB1s. Like, you know what I mean? So that's how I built my team. Then after that, I was just picking value um, right here with Gibson. Like that was the automatic play in my mind because I didn't have running back. I told you during these um, these mock drafts, I was fading wide receiver because I felt that, you know, that was a position that you can get late. So I implemented what we were talking about during these mock drafts. And I took the running back here over some of these other, you know, wide receivers and even over look at the money in the, look at the money in the fourth round dk in the fourth round. yeah bro that that was the pick i couldn't pass up right there because like i said i was all about fading wide receivers i was all about let's get these running backs early but i'm like all right so right here i got dk but who who was i gonna take like pits or dk like that's fucking like even if it came down to Pitts was right there i still would take dk over him just because Pitts has to hit fully in order for him to like realize that talent and then running back wise like swift i'm not really that sold on him gaskin is good montgomery and carson were the only guys who i could debate but i'm like dk is so solid right there like you said that's like money in the bank he's a top five receiver possibly so i couldn't pass on him that's the same thing i felt about keenan allen because being on what you so much hearing about the way herbert has advanced and evolved with his gameplay and just seeing that opportunity that he's had he's gotten his receptions have gone up each of the last three years and I feel like him and Herbert have a really good rapport last season because he was definitely looking to him in a lot of situations. So I liked him over, you know, Terry. I liked him over Allen Robinson, who were the only two guys that I was really looking at there that I could really debate. It was really between Keenan Allen and, and Allen Robinson for me because I was just like, damn, Allen Robinson's upside's amazing. But, you know, Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. I mean, let's face yeah. it, him and Herbert, I think, are a dynamic duo. 
Um, and sh shout out to a couple homies in here right now who are in the Scott Fishbowl. JC Money Design, what up, bro? Join in. And TJ up in here, what up, what up? And uh, and Raj says, rate my team while you're at it. So his team is yours, we'll his team is right here. He went Murray Kittle. He got Najee Harris. Hawkinson, I was interested in looking at here. But again, like I thought, like you said, money in the bank with DK. I, I just couldn't pass him up. And A.J. Brown was there, too. I was like, I... I I had to take one of those guys there. Um, that's the only. But you're fucking. Then he got Terry. He got CD Lamb. He got Lance. He got Rojo. Who honestly, I was really close to taking Rojo there at 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 um eight. And then he got Cooks. I like his squad. My my only thing is like again the QB that like I was talking about. His difference is if his tight ends hit big, they could perform like QBs. And then let's say Lance hits, his uh, like he has a good boom. Um, I feel like I built my team kind of safe, and I'm taking some of these risks later on. Um, like with Javante Williams in the sixth round, I think that was one of my riskier picks. Um, because Fuck no, it's not. Hell I mean, we don't know exactly what he's going to be at this point in time. I took, him over, Kareem, I took him over. I took him over Kareem Hunt. I took him over Edmonds. Cool. I took him over Ronald Jones. Um, but I, I think that he has you know RB one upside. So I, I, I took him there. So that's a risk. And then Adam Thielen, like. I looked at Lockett. I didn't want to take Lockett because I had DK. So he kind of became like a non-option. Um, In what round? What round it, is that? Seventh round. Okay. I, I was think that's, at, still money, that's still money in the bank, though. Like, we're talking redraft, yeah. not dynasty. And, I mean, yep. he's going to have 100 targets, you know, if he has 10-plus touchdowns. And that's most of his catches go for first downs. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I really wanted to get a, a, a third running back here because I'm like, running back is starting to dry up. But it's just like you said, it was money in the bank where I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I, I told you, I wanted a fade wide receiver. But the values just became too great. And I think this is why a lot of the times when we talk about like our content, like the, the, the video that we did with tips to win and like strategy sessions, sometimes you have to understand what your draft is giving you and just roll with it. Like, didn't want to take wide receivers early. I was I was on the record as saying that, but as you get in the draft, and I'm like DK in the in the fourth, Dylan in the seventh, even Allen in the fifth. I think Allen could be as good as DK. Like yeah. it's really a toss up because Herbert and Allen, I mean, are like really good buddies. Like as far as like on the football field. So, and then the last guy that I last two guys I took is um. Uh, what is it? Logan Thomas, who he was the last good tight end as far as I was concerned, but I, I really didn't want to exceed value on this pick. I didn't want to overthink it and be like, well, let me, let me big like, cause right here it was Mark Andrews or DK. That was actually something I was debating, but I'm like, no way Mark Andrews is as good as DK Metcalf. Like he's not putting up close to those stats. And with all the extra players in, 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 in Baltimore, am I going to trust that now with more better playmakers on the outside, he's going to, he's going to maintain, or uh, he already started to fade last year. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of like where Goddard, I like Goddard, but Goddard had a week 14 by only had one running back. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let Goddard go because here was my floor, Thomas and Higby. I was like, at the very least, if I can get one of those two guys, I won't hate myself at the position. So that's kind of why I just let it keep going. And then Laviscus at, at, at the eighth or, or my eight, my ninth pick, I think he has number one upside in an offense if these reports that are coming out of camp are true. Now, there's so much time where, you know, guys like Chark and, and Jones can make an impact or it could be more of a target share than I thought. But I think that also in some of these rounds, you know, this is where you start risking it for plays because you could really make some money in the bank. Like, let's say, hey, Chanel uh, turns into a wide receiver, too. 
I'm sitting back and I'm pretty, you know. Um, yeah. But I really want the Damian Harris here who got taken one pick before because that would have been my RB3. And you were wrong. You said that you took Chenault over Juju and Chark, but both of them got taken right. in that round. You're right. You're right. I was just before, right, just after them. Um, but for me personally, I think I might have taken him over them anyway. Yeah. Understandable. They're all kind of in the same tier. Exactly. And, and Raj said, I was trying to fade wide receiver until six and seven, but it just ended up happening. Bro, that's, yeah, that's the same. Literally, me and Hustler had this exact discussion when we were talking about one, the settings. And then two, when we did the mock draft, like I was afterwards saying to him, I was like, one, I need QBs early and wide receivers late. But, you know, only half of my theory came out. You know, I'm, I'm going to be searching for running backs now. Yeah, Raj got a good squad. I mean, the mm -hmm. only the only thing that I see being an issue is those QBs. Like, that's the only thing that is, uh, you know, Trey Lance being the second one, you know, maybe taking Hawkinson. Maybe Hawkinson's a good super flex, you mm -hmm. know, um, versus a second QB. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where that's what I think is really the only uh, the mm -hmm. only beef that I have with this squad. I mean, mm -hmm. and you got Kyler to start it, you know. Yep. So. <laughs> and you, you got, got Kittle. So like if Kittle. if Kittle hits, that's almost like a QB scoring. So like you know, it, like like he's a big boom team because let's just say Lance hits and the two tight ends hit with Murray. That's a fucking monster. And Terry McLaurin in the fifth. I mean, yeah. that's what's crazy about the Scott Fishbowl because of all the freaking QBs that are going early. A guy like Scary Terry can fall to the fifth round yep. and be your first wide receiver. That yep. shit's dope. Like that, that is one thing yep. that's dope about the Scott Fishbowl is like there's so many different strategies for so mm -hmm. many different leagues. Like it just makes it like mm -hmm. way more fun. Like that's for sure. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm. And David up in the building. What up, bro? Hell yeah, David Ooh. made it into the Scott Fishbowl. I know he wasn't even uh, – he, he almost didn't want to. And then I tagged him, and I was like, come on, man. There's like 2,000 people in this bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, and Scott Fish, like he saw – I don't know if it was my tweet necessarily, but I know a couple people had already been lobbying for him. Uh -huh. And he posted something – Scott posted something about it. David chimed in. and uh, Or no, I think I might have tagged him. I can't remember. One of the two. But mm – -hmm. Yeah, we got we got Scott responding to it and was like, just go sign up. And then David signed up and then he got in. Boom. That's awesome. And Dave is awesome, too, because he's like super like interactive and like he has some great takes. So I, I'm I'm really, uh really interested to see how his team looks, because I'm pretty sure he's going to have a dope team. Yeah. David's one of those dudes like if he wasn't my number one supporter, he was damn near like right up there. Like the very first mm -hmm. live stream that I did the very first week of the season when nobody mm -hmm. fucking knew who I was, he was there literally mm -hmm. with me for the whole 40 minutes, you know? Yep. So like David's one of the OGs in the game. Back. Like I, I love that he supports uh, small content creators. I, I remember when we did the, um, the NFL draft and like, I think he won the prize and like halfway through, like you, you had, you had a, something came up and you had to slip out for a second. And it was like him and someone else in the chat, just like, you know, with me as we were live. And like, I'll never forget that because I was like, damn, well, this is my first time, you know, living it like this. And it was like awesome because it gave you something to feed off of and feedback. So, you know, I, I got to love him. And I, and I love how he comments in the chat because I feel like that's awesome, bro. Like, that's just like more energy, more fuel to the fire, as they say. You know what I mean? You know how Hustler Hustler does. Now, I can't wait to see what your squad looks like because I know you took Barkley with that second pick. And, 
I mean, as we know, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Barkley stan. Like, <laughs> quads all day. <laughs> I took him over McCaffrey last year in one league. So, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Didn't make a difference either way. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Didn't make a difference. Um, so this one, a little bit similar to yours. I mean, grip of QBs going off. Like, you see that crazy QB run. Yep. Like, after the first, uh, you got McCaffrey, Mahomes, Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, going over uh, Kamara, going over Barkley, um, but it is redraft, so who knows? Yep. And then Kelsey went at the one four, and then Derrick Henry, and then five QBs in a row. So just yeah, Allen, Prescott, Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. I, I was like, when I saw pick one hundred five going, and I was like, damn, am I going to get one of the top five QBs somehow? And uh, no, I didn't. But damn. I even said before, like if I got Herbert. At the 112, I would be happy as shit because in all of the mock drafts, he was not there. Like none of those top like six, seven guys were there. Uh They were all going. So I was stoked about that. Now, here's where I debated. It was Barkley versus like Waller or Kittle. And fucking Waller and Kittle literally went the next picks, you know, after mine. And uh, I'm still happy with getting Barkley because if he comes back, you know, to form the way that he was, you know, in his rookie year, which the last two years were pretty fucking fluky injuries. Like mm-hmm. you literally got to go back and look at the weird ass tackles mm-hmm. that happened and just the random way that he fell. Mm-hmm. He actually got tackled two crazy ways when he got hurt. Like one of them, it looked like he broke his arm, uh-huh. got back in the game, like in a second, like didn't even yeah. fucking phase him. And yeah. then he falls like gingerly to where it doesn't even look like it was a bad, you know, fall. Yeah. And then tears the ACL, yeah. you know, or um, yeah, ACL, right? I believe so, and and the yeah. worst part is like, it was like in the like the, it, the it was in the same game versus the Bears where like you said that first that first play where you looked at him in his arm and you're like oh shit like all right give him a little bit of a break and they bring him back in and then he gets hurt with his foot and you're just like what no I remember yeah. I I did the whole um I remember the Titans when um uh, Bertier was in the car accident and he goes, yeah. Superman can't walk. That's how I felt, bro. I was in that Superman can't walk mode after that. Yeah. But I agree with you. If you've seen any of his rehab, the dude looks like he's ready. Like he is. And he, he was like, Bo, uh, what is it? Uh, Barry Sanders-esque with his amount of plays that he had that were over like 20 yards in his rookie season. Like he is a big play waiting to happen. Yeah. And he gets catches. He gets yep. run. I mean, he's, he's, yep. He's LT and Marcus, uh, um, what's his name, and Marshall Falk, you know, kind of combined yep. uh, with a little bit of, like, Adrian Peterson, like, body. And so, like, you know, guy like AP who gets an ACL injury in, like, week 14 or whatever, he mm-hmm. came back strong, you know, week one. And I feel like Barkley literally having, you know, a year to be able to rehab this, I think he's going to come back fine. Dude is a freak of mm-hmm. nature. And so – I'm just hoping we get something like his rookie year, you know, now with a guy like Kenny Galladay coming over there, nope. they're probably just not going to be able to stack the box as much as they were. Mm-hmm. And you go back to his rookie year when they stacked the box, mm-hmm. it didn't fucking matter. Like it didn't, he's just that mm-hmm. much faster, that much mm-hmm. quicker and just can run over mm-hmm. DBs like nobody's business. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting big things. And 
It's going to happen or you're going to hear it, Taco. You just better yeah. remember that. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a unicorn, bro. Like what he could do, like like you said, he like to me, I always compared him because I, I was a Madden player. So um, we we would always, you know, have these, you know, mutt players that we're adding in. So he's like Bo Jackson mixed with, mixed with Barry Sanders because Barry Sanders gives you that big play, gives you that elusiveness, gives you that juke move. And then Bo, Barry, uh, Bo Jackson is just going to drop that shoulder and he's explosive and he's going to make that cut and he's going to get up there. And he's He's gonna hurdle you, and I feel like that that's him. It's like if, if Bo Jackson and Barry Sanders had a baby, and that baby had a baby with, with um Adrian Peterson, you <laughs> 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 would have um, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> that's for sure, man. The dude is a freak of nature. He was worth that second round capital, even though he's uh, got those yeah. fluky injuries last couple years. Yeah, You're only injury prone until you aren't, and I think yeah. this is this year that he's not. So I ended up getting Kyle Pitts at the three one, maybe a little spicy. I've seen him going earlier in some other, you know, and you know, later in the third. And I don't even know if he made it to the fourth in any of these, uh, in any of these drafts. Um, Ryan Tannehill got sniped like one pick right before me. That yeah. would have made my decision a little bit harder because oh, yeah. if Ryan Tannehill made it, I said if Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Tannehill somehow made it to that three one, I had to snatch it. Um, but. They weren't there. Made my decision a little easier. Went with Pitts, going for that tight end upside. A.J. Brown fell to me at the end of the fourth round. Super fucking stoked, you know, about that. Uh, I, I was debating on taking Keenan Allen and D.K. Metcalf, so I actually went in a little bit of a, a different, uh, you know, way than you did. Like, mm-hmm. D.K. fell to the fifth in ours, and I took A.J. over D.K. That's I just really feel like... debate, bro. Like, literally, it's like... I was so close between them, and I had Tannehill too, so it was a stack. So uh, I know what you mean. Like I, it's, yeah, I feel like this is going to be that year for him. Like I mean, dude mm-hmm. balled out last year with fucking minimal. You know, <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. so efficient. So I feel like mm-hmm. you give him a little bit of volume, and now because mm-hmm. of Julio, nobody's going to be able to stack the box anymore. You know, with mm-hmm. Henry, I feel the play action is just going to be that mm-hmm. much more beastly. Like he already had his coming out party as a rookie. So I can't say this is going to be a breakout year, mm-hmm. but I think this is one of those years where he really flirts with, you know, mm-hmm. top five, top three, like really mm-hmm. making a push, you know, for top wide receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly, bro. And Kirk Cousins snatched him up at the five one. Uh, I didn't notice where he went in years, but super efficient in Scott Fishbowl last year. He was 11th overall scoring um, just in the entire league. So if that, you know, bumps up a little bit, I'm going to be sitting real pretty with having him as my QB2 and getting him in the fifth round. He actually went uh, 4-1 in in uh, in my uh, in my league. So there you go. He went yeah. a lot higher. That, that's yeah. value, what you call. For sure. Hell yeah. So I was all about it. I was stoked. And uh, yeah, it looked, see, like right here, only one QB in the third and then three mm-hmm. QBs. Well, really, that was it. The only mm-hmm. one QB in the third. That's what mm-hmm. slowed down the QB run, like, by far. And then, uh, you know, three in the fourth round. And then I kicked off the fifth round. And then you see how many went between that and my next pick. So after yep. Cousins, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven QBs, you know, went after Cousins. So I would have been screwed if I didn't get Cousins at that spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a beautiful part about the experience that we have from playing in so many leagues is that we kind of have um, like the tiered rankings, but in our head with like kind of fail safes and feels where it's like, 
all right, I see the way this board is played out where if I don't get this guy here, I'm more than likely, like, to me, that was like my Logan Thomas pick. It was like, I'm either taking Logan Thomas or I'm punting, you know, tight end. And I had passed on a couple of guys earlier, but based on the feel and the role of your draft, you knew, boom, same thing with Cousins. You're like, if I don't get Cousins here, there's not going to be another quarterback that comes back to you that you feel safe enough, you know, rolling out there. And then I love what you did about getting Watson because you were just like, just in case, let me get this huge upside wild card, which can pay dividends, especially knowing, again, I'm going to say this again, the knowledge of depth that we have. Like, you know, dynasty, you know, redraft. And as you get deeper into the fishbowl, when we're in, you know, week 22, it's going to come into a combination of both where it's like, well, I know this guy's not going to be a starter week one, but week 10, he might take over and he might be that guy in the playoffs that I can deploy as a weapon. And that's the way I'm going into these next rounds, not to give too much strategy away, but I, and I think that's the way you have to kind of have to approach it at a certain point. Like once you have your guys filled in and you did it beautifully with your quarterback, because Deshaun Watson is a top five guy. God forbid Deshaun Watson starts week one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be sitting anybody who has him Cause I yeah. seen in some of the drafts, he's gone in the first and second round, you know, yeah. some of these. And so I just kept looking, he kept falling. I took him at QB 24. You know, like almost everybody already has their mm-hmm. two QBs locked in at that point. Yep. And, you know, you see guy uh, Taysom Hill went a little later, Daniel Jones, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yep. Zach Wilson. Like yep. that's who I was debating on, like Zach yep. Wilson for my third QB. Because yep. I, I just, you know, Taysom Hill, who the hell knows, Danny Pesos, mm-hmm. I'm not messing with him. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just not messing with him. And uh, so I got Kareem Hunt. And I took um, Williams uh, went even before Kareem Hunt. Told you I didn't even have the shot. Um, I I probably would have debated that. Not sure who I would have gone with. Mm-hmm. Made it to the sixth, mm-hmm. you know. And then um, like taking Watson. I mean, I took him over Travis Etienne. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, shit, Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, like I took him over some decent guys. So I'm really hoping that it pans out. Mm-hmm. But either way, I just feel like you really gotta like shoot for the stars because yep. like if Watson hits and Watson plays. Like, mm-hmm. I have a good shot of going to the finals, you know, with the QBs that I got. You know, they ball Absolutely. out, you know, in the playoffs. And, like, my Absolutely. next pick, James Robinson, as much as everybody's hating on him, I got him over the next, you know, running backs, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon. Or, well, no, he, actually, Melvin Gordon went before. Over Rojo, Michael Carter, mm-hmm. uh, Raheem Mostert, and, uh, and Damian Harris. You know, and mm-hmm. I just feel like amongst those guys right there, that Robinson's definitely got the most upside for volume. And even mm-hmm. if Travis Etienne does get in the mix, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like mm-hmm. they're going to be able to deploy two running backs in this system because mm-hmm. they're not going to want Trevor throwing it 40, 50 times a game. Like that mm-hmm. is the recipe for disaster with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I, I really hope that, uh you know, Raj can only pick one of these two guys because they're still on the board in my league. And, I'm looking at Watson as like, you know what? That might be a solid third QB option for me uh, just because I already have the two big guys and then I put him in there. God forbid one of those guys go down. That's my backup. You know what I mean? Or then yeah. I can start playing the matchups where I can literally guarantee that every single week I'm going to have um, one of those beefy guys. You know, I, I think I think it, it, it's an interesting play because you know, now we get into, like you said, and I think that you, you made a good point of it. 
QB depth is going to be really be tested in a league like this because you're going to more than likely need two QBs in order to win this thing. And if you're going to win this thing, you're going to have to have top scores. And that's the the upside that a Watson gives you. And that's why you have to like now is going to be, especially in these middle rounds where you're going to have to plant your flag because guess what? Training camp hasn't happened. You haven't seen preseason. You don't know if it's coach talk. But you're going to have to decipher through all of that and pick which guys you think have that upside. Because let's just say you hit on, you know, Juju all of a sudden plays like a number one and actually becomes a number one in that offense. And ETN, that was all a smokescreen because Robinson still takes it over. And Watson comes back. You can't calibrate for all that because those are three huge upside plays. Like, what if Chubb gets hurt? There's so many variables and so many things that goes on that now is where your depth of of team and depth of roster is really going to matter because now we've kind of have all our starters in there. Rounds 10 through 20 is going to be where you get your upside plays, where you get your your possibilities, where you get your timeshare guys, where you get your guys where, you know what, this could be the year Chubb gets hurt. And if Chubb gets hurt, now all of a sudden you have Barkley, Hunt, Cousins, Brown, Pitt, you know what I mean? There's so many variables to the fishbowl that you have to also think with upside. You have to think safe. You have to build it out. Like To me, Juju in, in the 11th round is like, value on value bro because even last year he was pretty consistent with his catches you know he's a fan favorite of ben roethlisberger he's in a contract year like james robinson last season was one of the best running backs in all of fantasy football so i mean like i said i I like what you did here because you went with some of these upside guys early you got some of the the safe guys late like kyle pitts's upside is possibly tight end one This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know that that's a while. That's a I mean, yeah, everyone knows I was fucking heavy on Pitt. That I passed on bit uh Pitts or Gibson just because I was like, I took the two QB risk early, and yep. I wanted to be safe because I wanted to have a little bit of safeness built in, and I wanted to take some of my risk later on. Where you know I kind of lucked out in having DK and Keenan Allen and fucking feeling fall to me and i'm just like well fuck like this is supposed to be where i take my risks (laughs) like so like i'm hoping that pays off because my team won't have let's just say the upside of yours but it's safer yeah and i just feel like you gotta go big or go home you know in a league like this because like getting out of your division is one thing that's gonna be hard you know um either way like it's gonna be hard but i believe it's the top six teams that make mm-hmm. it out. So I'm pretty confident that I can put together a team that's going to get me in the top six. Mm-hmm. We need that push though, because what mm-hmm. did the playoffs start? Is it week 13 or 14? I can't remember. Now. I, be- I want to say it's week 14, but yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Let me see if I can try to pull it up here. Um, but yeah, keep going. With your point. I'll, I'll try to pull it and up. That's- that's why I made sure I'm, I'm not drafting anybody who has a week 14 buy, uh, at least yeah. anybody who who is potentially going to be a starter, a bench guy, you know, whatever, you know, because they might might they might make a difference, you know, earlier in the season. But yeah, that's one thing that's going to be is really tough about this draft. Like we look at the quarterbacks. I'm in the ninth round right now. Twenty eight quarterbacks have gone off the yeah. board, you know, at this point. So I'm even thinking, um, uh, you know, three is probably not enough. Like there's not going to be any waiver wire, 
you know, in this league. Like, it is going to be very, very thin the yeah. entire season. And there's no trades. Uh, for those who don't know, there's no trades in the Scott Fishbowl. So yep. if you get screwed at any position, you can only rely on a very, very, very thin waiver wire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I, I, most of the guys that are going to be in the waiver wire that you would think you have a chance in, that's going to be your guys that are going to go from rounds 15 to 22. And I think that's where it's going to come down to, you know, how much did you pay attention during the draft? You didn't? Well, that's fine. How much of the Hustlers content have you been watching? How much How much of the other content have you? Because this is where that's going to bank in. But the cool thing is it's a lot of analysts. It's some fans. But, um, like, as for me for an analyst, I haven't dug that deep. I've dug deep, but not that deep, not 22 rounds deep. But the beautiful part is it's a slow draft. So as we get deeper in, I can, all right, let me scout ahead, you know, send scout team up. <laughs> like, let's look what the next couple of rounds look like. Who are some guys that we go late? And um, that's where also I kind of lean in my group chat and where, you know, conversations like where this help, where you know, we talk about some of these strategies and these late guys that we like. And, you know, like Visca, Visca it, to me has like that great upside because he could be maybe a number one and we're yeah. getting them late. And now that's some of the things that we're really going to have to pay attention to. And don't worry, guys, after I draft like a nice sleeper, I'll make sure I put out all the content about him so you can maybe see <laughs> if you have a chance to get him. <laughs> yeah. And I know uh, if anybody who's in a hustler league there's so many people from like page who are in my patreon and the hustler mm-hmm. leagues and stuff who ended up getting in and uh not really by me or anything other than sure. telling them where to go sign up you know and do it right now because you right. know stuff's about to happen but mm-hmm. it's dope like a handful of guys who are in these leagues with me and on patreon ended up getting in i mean david got in mm-hmm. uh justin got in tj got in mm-hmm. uh, i know that there's more people i'm not thinking of off the top of my head but Justin, for example, went Kelsey and Pitts. <laughs> He's in the satellite division, but man, just went crazy big, you know. And uh, man, when Pitts hits, like that's going to be a, a fucking, you know, yeah. high, high upside team. And yeah. all the leagues that we're doing for Dynasty, we're drafting 50 rounds. You know, we're yeah. doing IDP. So that's why it is, you know, a little bit uh-huh. deeper, like 50 rounds. But if we cut that in half, we'd be at 25 rounds, you know. So. We're already in that mix of like deep guys, like offensively and knowing, you know, I mean, not knowing everything where people are going to go, but I mean, I've got uh, eight drafts right now that have gone, you know, past 20 rounds that I can go look at just to kind of reference, you know, so that see that's what i'm saying like that's where paying attention to content like this you know staying staying helps you out with these leagues and and for me one of the cool things is i'm not a dynasty player like i don't have dynasty leagues because to me that's so much to manage because i do all three sports baseball basketball football so it's like if i'm keeping up on a baseball team i can't be managing my football team um you know for a certain point like in the playoffs yeah it's whatever but um, for me, that's why I like leaning on your some of your guys' content and like w- doing watching the draft videos that you have because that's where you really I feel like get value and you start understanding like wow this guy's a lot of talent but you know situation doesn't go right but you know if one or two things break his way he could be an absolute stud. Um, but speaking to that, there's also this: um, the playoffs will run from NFL weeks 14 to 17. Weeks 14 to 16 are conference play. Week 17 is the final between all teams from the conferences. Uh, given the regular season was 13 weeks, winning eight games automatically will get getting you into the playoffs will no longer be a rule. Uh, after week 13, 96 teams get t- cut to 48 in each conference. 
Um, after week 14, it goes from 48 teams to 26. In week 15, you go from 24 teams to 10. And after week 16, 10 teams are cut to one conference champion who competes um, versus all the other uh, conferences in the in the finals. So that that's pretty cool. So basically, you have to win. You have to win your conference, and if you win your conference, you'll compete for the championship, um, which is going to make things super epic. It's going to be insane. Yeah, I knew about the Scott Fishbowl last year, but it obviously was nowhere close to as big as it is this year. So yeah. I didn't even end up making the cut, not even in the satellite division. I uh, wasn't. I wasn't super active on Twitter at that mm-hmm. point either. Like either. I, I barely found fantasy Twitter last year during the off season, really because of COVID. Yeah, no, bro. I was in the same thing. Like Twitter was like honestly, I'm a Facebook guy to be honest, just because like I like we're of that age where it's like you know we grew like when we grew up that was the emerging platform, and then yeah. all the old people started coming on there. And by then we had become old people, so it just kind of felt like, uh, this is like Florida. Like, you know, <laughs> we just go here when it, <laughs> it's time to graze and get some beach and, you know, see family pictures and do this. And, you know, you have the insane Facebook community that you've built because you've been on Facebook. And for me, I, I just make posts of funny memes on Facebook. So, you know, <laughs> we've been there. So so for us, I think we both had the same thing because I kind of made my play onto Twitter. I want to say um, sh- probably after the season, more in the off season, because I was just like, we need to um, or at least I need to get myself out there. I'm trying to, you know, network and Facebook is very limited in its interactions and who you can. You can only this person in your friends list. So you're going to see their stuff and. Um, Twitter's cool because like when you retweet or I retweet or we like something, it kind of shows it. And um, I think that's a great place for all us fantasy football heads. If you're not inside of a dope Patreon or a dope Discord community, because I feel like that is Twitter on steroids. Like if you have a good Patreon, they're gonna give you all the information that you need. They're gonna make you stay stay informed. It's just you just naturally through osmosis, just reading people's timelines are gonna be like, well, maybe. AJ Brown is going to be the number one wide receiver. And, you know, James Robinson actually has a lot of ups. Like, it's just things that you get through osmosis, man. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm still, I'm still Facebook over Twitter. And I mean, you know why? Cause like we yeah. make a post in that Facebook group and it gets seen by like thousands of people. And, yeah. You know, we got like a hundred comments or stuff yeah. on it. You know, that's why I never had to go to Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't creating content, you know, well, at least in my eyes, mm-hmm. I really was, but yeah. I just, it's all my social media content almost isn't like creating content to me anymore. Cause now mm-hmm. doing the video and audio, you know, yeah. like, that's what I consider like really making content, even mm-hmm. though social media posts, that is content. But I yep. remember sometimes I would do like a start and sit thread, you know, on like a Wednesday or something like that. And there'd be mm-hmm. like close to a thousand comments, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> And now it's like all those people who are like jumping on the live streams, you know, that I'm doing now, just asking questions live, like not even having to wait to get yep. your, well, you got to wait a little bit, but not waiting hours, you know, to get your question answered. Sometimes just waiting 10, 20 minutes. And and I love that evolution in the industry is where um, now before it was like we create threads. Now we create live studio productions. Basically, it's like, hey, you want a call in show with radio feel plus you want the visual effects plus you want your voice heard. Well, guess what? This is Hustler TV. Come on down, baby. Just sign up to Patreon and the link will be below. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different life out here, bro. And you know what the best part is? 
It's not that we have finally the access to do it. It's that now we're not now there's no barriers for us for helping people. Like before, it's yeah. like, hey, you got to be with CBS or you got to be with ESPN and then people are going to take you serious and then you can help them. It's like, no, I can help you for my own thing. Like the industry won't won't give me the platform that I could create where I can be like, you know, people like me, people that are about this life that, hey, guess what? I want to help you out, bro, because I've been there. I, I've struggled with my leagues. That was me 10 years ago because, I, like you say, I play a grip of leagues. Like, you know what I mean? I've gotten so much experience now that I can understand where the draft is going, understand where the values are, understand, hey, guess what? This guy is good, but what's your upside? What are you playing for? Who are you looking for in these back ends? And I think that's what our content provides for these people, or at least what we try to provide for these people. Not everyone gets that, but you know what I mean? Like, that's the point of all this, like to help them win. Like, I'm not playing that league. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even people in the leagues, you know, that I'm in, like, you still see the content. Like, it's not, it's not hidden, you know, so it's all there to help, you know, all these mock drafts that we've done. Like, shit, I've even done mock drafts with 12 guys, you know, who are going to be in the league or like yep. as many of the 12 that could make it, you know, just to get Bro. practice. Cause like, who cares? Like we know yep. this is going to be a competitive ass league, but it's just cause all this information is so easy to acquire. Yep. And e- I even help people from my home that I'm in leagues with. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah. let me, let me, cause you know what? Like for me, I'm, I'm someone where I, I, I'm pretty sure you subscribe to this as well. I believe iron sharpens iron. The better you get and the better competition you face, the better you're going to become. So I'm not going to become better by facing average people. I become better when I face good people because guess what? I'm like, damn, look at the way they built that team. They got these snipes there. They got this. And then next thing I'm like, well, I got to get better. I got to go deeper. I got So I feel competition spurs growth and spurs, you know, like even like when you're lifting weights. If you yeah. only stay like to a little, you only do 10 pounds. But if you got that person that's pushing you, or if you're pushing yourself, the next thing you know, you're pushing up and you're like, damn, I didn't think I pushed 240, 250 or whatever it is. So, you know, I think iron sharpens iron. I think being in these communities helps so much because you get so much knowledge, like I said, through osmosis. And, man, I can't wait to see what you have coming on for the for the rest of the this season because already I feel like just through the fishbowl, like, you know, um, we did a couple of really dope shows where if people watched, they would get it because we literally talked about these philosophies about, you know, are you going to get your QB early? How late are you going to wait for it? Because they have such value or, you know, the value is going to really be with these wide receivers late as we're seeing in every one of these drafts where now guys are getting these steals late, like a juju in the fucking ninth, tenth round. Like, you know what I mean? Like, as our, our, our wide receiver one upside with, the cost of a what wide receiver four wide receiver three. Yeah. Yeah. Took him as the 31st, 31st wide receiver off the board. So that's the beautiful part. I love it. And I think there's probably some people who are still kind of stuck in dynasty mode, you know, yeah. a little bit. I know that, well, I guess I don't know a hundred percent, but at least the vibes that I get on Twitter is it's more yeah. of a dynasty, you know, crew. Yeah. And even yeah. so, David, he says Twitter over Facebook. And I know why, because David, you know, he follows all the content creators, you know, and all mm-hmm. that. So it's dope that he gets the interaction there. Me, mm-hmm. when I was doing my social media, you know, mm-hmm. content creation, I was interacting with, you know, not the content seller, the content buyer, you know, mm-hmm. that's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the beautiful part about um, a lot of things that are going on right now is that, much like Dave is saying, like for me, I'm getting a lot more buzz on Twitter 
But a lot of the buzz that I'm getting is with the actual content creators. Like more creators are like interacting with me and kind of giving me like the, hey, you know what you're talking about, or hey, you're able to compete. Um, where one this group really is set up for a lot of the 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 subscribers for the people that actually use and need the content because when you're going creator on creator i feel like that's good for sharpening the iron and those debates are are great for regular people to watch but when you break it down and you start having you know them show up and and you have the regular subscriber there that you know all the stuff that you say to them is new where well being able to teach them is completely different and i, I think that's why you know um, for me I'm, I'm trying to be on as many platforms as, as i can because you know i have people on facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter that all, you know, kind of come to me for um, advice. That's the one thing I, I do like is that I, I had baseball, basketball, and football. So, you know, randomly I had some dude show up, ask me a baseball question. Another yeah. one asked me basketball. So uh, for me right now, I'm just kind of segmenting um, all of my stuff down. So the football people can get football and not get everything else. Cause a lot of them are like, ew, baseball. <laughs> ew. <laughs> yeah. Just like David said, yep. You're building the brand should be on as many platforms as you can. You already yep. know it. Yep. Uh, and David said, what up noble little bro? What up noble? Hey, the future superstar right there. <laughs> yeah. He's been going crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, all, all this has been good. I'm excited. You know, the Patreon community is super dope. I mean, we've started, uh, we got, we're in the ninth uh, startup right now. Mm -hmm. um, got a few new uh, Patreon members who wanted to get in the league. They're already stoked about it because a uh, few people have, I've actually met a, <clears throat> a handful of people oh. that have been wanting to get into IDP leagues for the longest time. And they never really had an opportunity to. And, and you know what? I think that that's the next wave you're going to have to start is, you know, the fishbowl needs some IDP, man. Like, you got oh, all yeah. these crazy stories scoring. We're going 22 rounds. You know, what is it to add a little bit of IDP in there? We make it a little spicy for next year. You know what I mean? Because defensive players, man, you got kickers in this year. Defensive you players next year. I, Scott Fish is an IDP advocate. Actually, I think what put me on his radar was when we were in a clubhouse, uh -huh. in a clubhouse room, and I was talking about IDP, and then Scott Fish came up, and he was like, hey, fantasy football hustler, keep doing what you're doing, because uh -huh. uh, he's like, I love IDP, uh -huh. and uh, it should be the norm. It's just not yet. Yep. And um, I think getting it into a big league like this would definitely go to help because if now all the, the biggest analysts in the world are having to cover it at least a little bit for their Scott Fishball, um, it starts breeding that, that content because I feel like this is truly the kickoff of the fantasy football content season because truthfully, all we have is off-season rumors to work off of right now and little camp speculations. We really haven't seen things really kick off yet like they will in August. In yeah. August, that's where the bread gets buttered. That's where it's like you got to lock in and, and uh, make sure that you have all your information that you need because you know I think draft season for most people is first week of September. If you do it right and redraft, because if you're cute, if your commission is telling you let's draft in the first week of the preseason, like you want to find another league because that dude don't know what he's doing. Because it happens though. In redraft, I mean, man. In redraft. In I'm not redraft, saying. I'm not saying it should happen. I, I'm just saying it I get does you. happen. I, get like, you. I know. I know people who already have completed their redraft uh, drafts for this year, but it's because uh, people get into so many leagues, and I yeah. feel like. A lot it. of people get into these free leagues just to draft. You that, know, that's, that's another true. thing. 
I did that in Yahoo for baseball a little bit, and I regret it because I lost my my diamond setting. So for football in Yahoo, I cannot do that. Like that's why I may, that's that's what I might use sleeper for because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a dime I'm a double diamond in Yahoo fantasy, and I run about four money leagues in there. So I'd like you know what I mean. It's like I'm not changing it because that's where the money gets made. But I'm also trying to maintain that you know top one percent football status because it's just like you know. <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah bro but i'm hyped i'm ready i mock draft like fucking crazy like i'm yeah. on i'm on fantasy pros like mocking like a motherfucker i know that this season especially when redraft comes along i'm gonna be doing a grip of mocks with you like i know oh, you're yeah. running mocks all the time and i haven't really jumped in yet because i'm not a dynasty guy but once those those redraft mocks come i'm gonna be you know y'all are gonna learn something because i'm gonna be going Watch heavy go turn on the water yeah turn on the water can you can do it you can do it (laughs) see and that's what we do we encourage our community and our people to get better (laughs) (laughs) all right well i think we're i think we're good we covered we covered a lot and uh yeah we're we're only halfway not even halfway yep Yep, we got to do it again once once we get some some of these later picks because I feel like um, that's going to be a great opportunity to teach these guys, uh, you know, especially for your redraft leagues. Some of these picks that we're going to be making between eleven through twenty five or twenty two is going to be some of these guys that you're going to want to start putting on your radar and and start getting your homework done because let's face it, you have two months to your draft starts, and if you're going to try to cram everything into the final week, you're going to start making some mistakes because Lord knows, people, you're drinking when you're drafting. But you can't drunk draft, so it's a fine line. <laughs> you can't. And uh, and one thing that I got, so I I, I dug myself a little bit of uh, a little bit of a grave with Herbert and Cousins. So they have the same bye week, <laughs> and, and I picked Watson. You know, so Watson's kind of a wild card. So I, I still got to get at least two more QBs like out of this. And I, 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 think, I think the, the cool round. thing is though, if if what you do is you just gun for like, do they have like a week thirteen or week fourteen bye? No, week seven. I mean, then the other thing is just gun for week seven, guys, and just be like, fuck it. I'll punt week seven, and I'll beat you every other week. Yeah. Because I think that really comes down to value versus position, where it's like, all right, I can get another quarterback who might be in there, or here goes X sleeper who I think has the potential to be a wide receiver, too. Like, you know what I mean? And I think that's going to be where it's really going to come down. I think it can get interesting because – I thought about that myself when I looked at some of my guys who doubled up on their bye weeks. I think I have like three or four players that might have a week nine bye where I just might be like, as long as it's early enough for this season, I may just be like, let's load up. I'll only take one L and then be good all the other weeks where, you know, I may face a team that's at full strength, but I'll be at mostly full strength kind of thing. Yeah. So that, that's, that's also why I kind of stayed away from some stacks so far. I'm going to try to stack later on value. Um, but I th- I think that's one thing that I started thinking about. Five rounds of garbage time. Let's put it like this, bro. Garbage time is the waiver wire. Like <laughs> every round counts, man. I swear to God, every round counts. Yeah. And Antonio says, I know all about drunk drafting and drunk trades. Bro, bro. That honestly, that was my biggest unlock in 2018. Cause I Stop used to go it. to live drafts and I used to love the party and the barbecue and the drinking and the putting the stickers up. No, no, no. We don't we don't drink heavy until we're at least, you know, five picks on the end. Then we let it rip. But you know, after that, it's a slow pace. You have to have a little water in there. And um, last thing I'll say is I don't take a kicker before round 18. 
There's value on the board, guys. There's value on the board. And uh, David said, going into round 11, one of the IDP guys has no tight end. Ooh, that is, uh, that's going to be tough uh, there. I mean, I know you could get value anywhere at the tight end, you know, in the tight end premium. But I, I think that's the cool thing where if I didn't take Logan Thomas, that would have been me because I took Logan Thomas in the eighth round. But I will say this, if you're going to gun for a tight end too, definitely get it before he makes his pick because you know he's going to eventually snag one. So if there's one of those late tight ends that you do like as your potential tight end too, you might want to get it before he makes his play. So I I know there's a bunch of guys that I'm looking at. I'm probably going to come out of this with at least two to three to four tight ends. Um, but you know, I think, I think that's one of the beautiful things, Dave, about learning how your draft flow is, because if you see a guy like that, he needs a a tight end, you're between two players. And one of them is that tight end. You might want to take him earlier because you're going to, you're going to put him in a bad, a bad position. See, that's the thing. He might skip it because people might not notice. And again, like if you're a value hunter, you might say, I can get another good player here. And there's two or three tight ends that I'm between. So as long as two of those three guys are there. Boom. But you may like only one of his three. So I think that's where it all comes down to value. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really curious to see who ends up dropping, you know, in these later rounds, because we already see, cause there's so many QBs that are exactly. already gone. I mean, it's just, it's and one the of the tight ends are rising. And yeah. everyone's trying to get a premium tight end. So the values are a little skewed off where you're seeing some of these later RB two types, because now everyone's going to start going wide receiver heavy. And now you might get some values on some of your on your running backs because let's face it, some of the values on these wide receivers are insane. So it's going to be very interesting. I only have two QBs right now. Got to lock in Watson later and get that super late value. That's just something. It'd be a crazy push. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. Um. Yeah, we're we're out of here for now, but yeah, we're definitely gonna get some mock drafts going. Yeah, I, I know August is where a lot of people are gonna be looking for this content. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna start bringing more, but oh yeah, but th- this is like they say when when you start preheating the oven, we're we're gonna be in prime season come August hits. Yes, sir. And what what stuff you got on the horizon as far as your uh, your channel goes and everything? So for me right now, I think the best place for us, people to check us out definitely is make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram um, at the Daily Sporting, or you can follow our football only page at TDS Blitz. Uh, we're going to have at least one player every day up there that we're analyzing and going over just their outlook from last year, what they could possibly do this year. Um, we're going to have a bunch of content coming up, or I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to release um, my own podcast because I've done a lot of things other than a podcast. So now I'm going to start having that content out um where it's going to be under this tds blitz moniker as well where it's just going to be fantasy football stuff and i'm going to be giving you between some mock drafts and some some you know strategy advice and my real goal here is to help people win some leagues so i'll be posting a lot in your group so if you're you're a fan of the the fantasy football hustler group you know he she plugs it all the time but that's a group that i'm going to be way more active in helping people you know get their questions answered and really you know helping them understand what they need to do for their draft so you're actually going to see me a lot more in your group um you know coming up over this next couple of times perfect it's super active right now and for anybody who doesn't know it's fantasy football advice for experts gurus and beginners and we got uh devin white is like the cover photo so gotta wrap the idp life where i can facts <laughs> all right everybody. i know right 
I know, right? It's a it's a new background. I figured I'd spice it up. Like, hey, it's a spicy meat tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> Taco, you broadcasting from a toy store, bro? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I should pull the trophies out, right? I should add them to this. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. Just yeah, nothing but uh, the Funko Pops and uh, and just fancy trophies up there. Yeah, man. Because my thing is, I had I have a fourteen team league that I do. It's like a five hundred dollar buy in. I won it three out of six years now, going for four out of seven. Like you know what I mean? We do this, man. We do this. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't playing, man. We ain't playing. We're going for the we goal. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody we'll see you later uh not really sure what's on the horizon next but uh the fantasy football commissioners academy gonna be dropping the second and third video next week yes. working, yeah working yes. on all the content for it uh right now and building the slides you know um good stuff on the horizon so peace out everybody we'll see you later peace on me. i don't want them to gain another yard you blitz all night, if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm gonna take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.